You're listening to Becoming CEO, where we share our journeys as solo founders to becoming the CEO of seven-figure businesses. And these are our behind-the-scenes conversations as we figure it out, and these are things that most people just aren't sharing. Hey, how do I become CEO? I thought that's <laughs> what you were supposed to tell me. <laughs> I was about to kick off this podcast. Yeah. I'm assuming I just need to change my LinkedIn title. I mean, it said, I thought that said the CEO since the day you started the business. So, you know, that is like, that's like the bane of everybody's existence when it comes to LinkedIn outreach. It's like, you want to target CEOs, but like everybody and their dog has the title of CEO, which is probably not a bad way to start this episode. Yeah. And I forget honestly what book it is, but, um, I remember having a conversation with some of our clients and I think I did a video on my YouTube channel about this, but like the people that are kind of even sub 10 million, um, which is going to be most of the people listening to this show um, are like, yeah, you're the CEO, but like you're also all these other roles. And realistically, you probably spend, if you're lucky, you know, 20% of your time actually wearing the CEO hat, you know, on a, on a given, you know, weekly basis. Um, And I, when I heard that, I was like, 20%, like that, I'd kill for 20%. <laughs> I feel like I'm, you know, still at that stage where I'm not there. So hence, you know, again, the becoming piece, I think, you know, growing into that role uh, is, is what we're here to chat about. It's funny because I think part of what we're going to be talking about on this show is the, the, the transition that we both had to personally go through to become CEO, which to your point is not really over. It's a continuum, right? It's a journey, not so much a destination. And we're going to reflect on, you know, back when we thought we were the heads of our businesses and CEOs, but really we were just technicians and tacticians and look at us now. But, you know, a few years from now, when we're a few, you know, few milestones ahead of where we are today, we're going to laugh at this very episode. <laughs> we're yeah, be like, yeah, you guys are not real CEOs. You were just trying to play the game. It's, it's all about really that. what we're trying to do. Yeah. It's all about that ING becoming, <laughs> you know. I'm not saying totally. I'm there yet. I'm not saying I'm fully, fully dialed. So, so why are we here, man? Kick us off. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, I think that like for my, I was just kind of taking some notes here before we started and, you know, we're, we're both at a stage where we're, I think between one and 3 million respectively, uh, top line revenue, um, at the time of recording this. And, um, you know, we're trying to go and keep growing to, what I believe is, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, somewhere between five and 10 million. So we think at this point, and I know for me personally, the most, uh, at this level, the conversations have evolved, um, a lot from, you know, really tactical stuff to, um, like high level leadership, um, growing a team structure, Um, yeah, some, some tactical things, but more in and around like the systemization of the business and how you manage and get other people to, you know, step up. And so that's like our conversations, you know, you and I personally have, have kind of gravitated towards that. And I don't know about you, but I mean, we met in a, in a high level mastermind and we've both, I think have been a part of other programs, high level masterminds, coaching, et cetera. And I, for me, like, have they been valuable? Yes. But I feel like when they are um, obviously key revenue streams for said party, the 
the content and the support usually gravitates towards the lower people, which then is not talking about the stuff that you and I personally talk about. And that's the stuff that I want to talk more about. And so none of these kind of groups that I've been in have focused deep enough on that um, for whatever reasons. Uh, I still still ask myself that question, but I'm hoping that this is insightful for those people that kind of find themselves between, I think, like we said, you know, half a million to, you know, 3 million and wanting to grow or 5 million wanting to grow. And like, maybe they haven't found that tribe or they haven't found those, those people that are having these conversations, or at least on these topics at the level that I hope that we have them. Um, and hopefully it's somewhere down the road, the guests that we bring on to have them. So that's, I think why I'm here specifically. And I think why you're here, but I mean, why are you here? Yeah, hundred percent. You know, I, I think there, there's a point in everybody's business where it really dawns upon you that you've got to stop thinking like a tactician thought, stop thinking like the execution engine, like the doer and start thinking like the leader. Uh, and it's, and from that point on, it's a, it's a transition to become CEO. And I'm actually curious, what do you think like, what's the number? What, what, at what point does that light bulb go off and you go, I got to start thinking like a CEO? What's that revenue number? Or what was it for you? Um, I mean, looking back, I'd, I'd say that I'd probably, I probably, I want to say like half a million, but I, I'd say like it's probably somewhere between the 750 and a million range. With if I had to lean even, harder into that, probably closer to the million. Like, oh my God, we hit a million this year. What next? When I asked myself that question, I was like, what next? Like, so for so long, that was my target. And it's like, well, where do we go from here? It's like, oh, I need to become a CEO. Like, like I need to figure, think about bigger things now in order to get there. So yeah, probably somewhere between 750 and a million. I don't know. Is that what you'd say? So I, I'm actually kind of surprised by my, my own answer to that question. I'm actually much later. I think. I think the light bulb didn't go off. For, I'm a little slow in general. I think that light bulb didn't go off for a while. Uh, when we were already seven figures, at least run rate, right? We might not have had our first seven figure year, but certainly seven figure run rate. I was very tactical. Uh, we hit seven figures before I had a sales team, and so when we hit seven figures, my focus is building a sales team, and I was really kind of heads down building each ind individual department unit of the business. And it's only once I kind of done that, that I stepped back and I said, and this is fairly recent, like this is like, you know, 3 million plus. It was only then that I really stepped back and said, well, hold on. Now I've got all these pieces in place. What the hell do I do now? Yeah. And that's, to be honest, fairly recent for me. And hence the topic of our conversation. Now I feel like I'm actually at a place where I can take becoming CEO a little bit more seriously, whereas up until very recently, I was so heads down building units, disciplines, workflows, teams, processes, but I didn't really have the space to think about this. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because, you know, you know, you just mentioned you're around the three million, we're around one point five. Um, so, you know, I think for me, maybe the reason that, you know, part of the reason that I'm even thinking about this more now is because of conversations with you, right? Like be like, when we first met, you weren't at three, you were somewhere around the million range. So like, we've been having conversations for at least the last three years. Um, that I think is when we met. 
Um, and so, yeah, like maybe that some of that exposure to someone who's ahead of me personally has made me start thinking about it earlier. Um, but I also go back to that, you know, that 20%, I think it was from, um, I want to say profit first, but maybe I'm wrong. Um, but the, like, you're only really playing this, like you're only wearing the CEO hat for a small percentage of the time. And, you know, I'm still at a smaller percentage than I'd like to be. Uh, I'd argue that maybe you're probably more than me. Um, but I think what's also interesting, at least from my conversations with you, and hopefully that the other folks that listen to this, you know, will find value is that like, I, I still like the tactical pieces. Like I, I consider myself like a product and operations minded owner. Um, and like, I do have, I feel like I'm, I'm also trying to become more of a visionary at the same time. Like I love product. Like I could make our programs and products better all day. Like I like the coaching stuff as well. So I think that's a, has maybe been an obstacle for me and will probably continue to be as I, you know, try to rise up and Hey, maybe there are hopefully like, as we, you know, learn from others, um, in this journey that like, I'm guessing there's obviously varying styles of, of CEOs, right? Like some that are just super marketing and sales oriented or some that are product focused. Well, like how do they do things differently um, and still find results? Because I don't think as I continue to learn, there's no one right way to do it. And I think it's kind of finding your way that jives with your interests. And yeah, so that's hopefully people listening we'll start thinking about this sooner than maybe you should have and possibly sooner than I have as well. And that's helpful. I don't know. I could maybe play devil's advocate too. Can you be thinking about this stuff too soon? Yeah. I was thinking the same thing. Like on the one hand, I, I do kind of think that I should have been thinking about it earlier. Um, on the other hand, uh, I don't know that I had the time. Mm. You know, and in the sense of like, I probably was thinking about it earlier and that, I, you know, I had a certain goal and a vision for the business and how I want things to be set up. And I was playing, you know, like putting the pieces in place. Um, but on the other hand, I was probably focused on ultimately what I needed to be doing at the time so we could get here now. And, you know, one thing that came to mind when you were speaking earlier is I think that this this kind of sweet spot that we're in, call it like the one to five million dollar range, like we'll we'll come in just under five this year is I think you kind of get to be, you, you get to have your cake and eat it too. You get to play CEO, but you also get to be kind of tactical where you want to be because like you, I'm a very marketing focused CEO, like you in the sense that I have a particular disciplinary interest in the business. I love marketing. I love writing ads. I love shooting ads. I love thinking about ads. Right. And, uh, I kind of probably would get bored if I couldn't do that. Right. So like I deliberately am still engaged in that area of the business. It's also strategic and it helps. Right. But it also gives me energy um, where I think, you know, and I don't know, cause I'm not at $10 million, but I, I have a hunch that when you're, you know, certainly above five, closer to 10, you probably can't afford to be spending time in those tactical areas, even as a strategic choice, because uh, you're just too big and things are, are more complicated at that stage. Yeah. I would agree. Um, so you mentioned, you know, being here, I think 
probably a good segue to uh, who we are and what here looks like for each of us, what our businesses are to kind of set some of that context. So yeah. who, who, who are you and uh, <laughs> what, how would you describe your business and where is it at at this moment? Yeah, so I'll give you a snapshot of of today, and then I'll give you the quick bullet points on how we got here. So we uh, we're called Boutique Growth. That's our company's name. Our flagship program is called the Ninety Day Pipeline. Some folks may have heard of it. We're ultimately an online coaching and training business where we train B two B consultants on marketing and business development. And um, the way that came about was I actually used to be an accountant. Do you know this about me? Uh, you just told me recently that you were, used to be an accountant, and that was news to me for sure. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's news to me too. Yeah, you showed uh, me that spread. You, you showed me like a pro forma, and I was like, "Bro, like you're on some next level stuff over there." And <laughs> you're like, "Well, I used to be an accountant." I was like, "What?" Sometimes it comes out. Sometimes the accountant in me comes out every now and then. So I went to I went to business school, specialized in accounting. Worked at Ernst and Young for a number of years. Got my credentials there. We used to call it chartered accountant uh, in Canada back then. I'm Canadian too, by the way. Um, now that's now it's called CPA, just like the U S so I did that, uh, didn't really find accounting to be my calling. Um, although I was reasonably good at it, ended up joining a small consulting firm. Um, and at the time they had one big whale client and I can't kind of came in as like the business guy, you know, they're a bunch of young people with one big whale client. Sound familiar, Greg? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like all of our clients, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? And so I came in as the business guy and I did everything, marketing, business development, operations, finance. And that's where I really cut my teeth in B2B professional services. Ended up specializing in marketing um, and then started the company initially as kind of a really of a fractional director of marketing for hire. I'd go to other B2B consulting and professional service shops and I'd run their marketing as a fractional uh, you know, marketing lead. And through that experience and working with those clients and really battle testing some ideas and methods and systems and processes, I built the 90 day pipeline, which was our scalable training offering. And then we've been scaling that for the past three some odd years. I just did the math on this in the last uh, two years, we've uh, graduated 575 clients. Um, And in 2022, our goal is 500. I love it. Hold me to it. Yeah. Well, I'm Greg Hickman, and uh, I run a business called Alt Agency. Uh, We rebranded from Systemly um, in actually the beginning of 2020. Um, And we were an online training and coaching business for primarily small digital agencies and or marketing service providers. Um, And we help them kind of install systems and really kind of hone in and productize their service. Uh, so that they can be more leveraged in their delivery and more scalable. Uh, for many, that means you know adding training and kind of evolving into the model that we both have. Um, but we are finishing this year, or we finished 2021 um, at like 1.5 million. Um, and we started doing this kind of the our flagship program, which is called Foundations. Um, we launched the beta of that in February of 2017. And since February of 2017, I actually don't have the exact number, but we, I know um, in November, we crossed the 500 people that we've taken through the program as well. Um, we also have an academy program, which is um, comes kind of after. Um, so yeah, like it's been, we have similar business models. Um, we want to actually, because you said shared your goals, we, um, we actually want to bring on 
another 150 in the in the in this year for foundations but we actually want to end the year with 75 active people in our academy program which is a year long um but my background straight out of college was in marketing agencies like part of omnicom family um promotional we worked with you know Gatorade uh you know Pepsi Unilever um all that stuff you know I was more on the like account management project management side but I've always kind of fallen into kind of, I love the creative, but I've never been like a designer. My best friend who got me into the agency was an amazing graphic designer, actually now one of the the art directors, lead art directors, creative directors for Gary Vaynerchuk. He's done almost all of the Vayner related logos for branding. He's like amazing with logos. Um, and uh, yeah, went through multiple big brands, small boutique, you know, marketing related um, agencies. And I finished my like career before going out on my own on the client side for a company called Cabela's, which um, is international. They're international, a large retailer not too long ago, got acquired by Bass Pro Shop. And I was the head of mobile marketing for, for that business. Um, and so I was responsible for hiring a lot of boutique agencies uh, and so I kind of got to see both sides of it, you know, having been in the agency world, um, both big and small. And then I launched my own agency, which was in the mobile space, which failed miserably before I kind of pivoted into where we're at now. So um, seems like it's, do you feel like that? Uh, I guess, how do you, like, when you look back, you're like, wow, I was what I, like we coached the people and trained the people that escaped the thing that I escaped. Like, I mean, that seems to be a common narrative for, for people. Um, do you feel like the people that we're speaking to here are, you know, kind of doing that in their own way? I think it's a necessary part of our stories, right? Like, so what I didn't mention earlier was that consulting firm that I worked for before I started my own practice almost went bankrupt several times, <laughs> right? I'm like, we did big counted. revenue numbers. Well, I was more in sales and marketing uh, over time. We did big revenue numbers, um, but without going into detail, like there was some serious mismanagement uh, mm -hmm. at a leadership level. And uh, it was it was that experience that kind of, I think, taught me the importance of good marketing and sales and, and positioning. Because one of our issues mm -hmm. there, which is why it's something that I, we focus on very strongly with, with our clients, was we had no focus. We had no positioning. We were we will do whatever the hell you will write a check for. And we spread so ourselves thin like our and our team was disgruntled and there was no focus and there was no strategy. Right. Um, and honestly, I had, I not be, and I, I was frustrated at the time. Like one of my most frustrating experiences was working at that firm, mm. but had I not been through that, I don't know that I could teach what I teach today. Yeah. Go figure. Yeah. I mean, I think it's, obviously there's a lot of, uh, I don't think we'll go down this rabbit hole too often, but like, there's, there's obviously a lot of, uh, garbage for the lack of a better word in kind of our space, you know, and a lot of people teaching stuff that they've never actually done themselves. And I think that like, there's a, we're probably at the height, hopefully at the height of that, if not coming down, but like the, the, you're like, you were a practitioner, you were involved and have experience in multiple arenas inside of the people that you're helping. Like you're not really teaching anybody to go anywhere that you haven't been. 
Um, and you know, that, I, I feel comfortable saying the same thing for our clients. We've had clients that have surpassed us in revenue, um, but still needed some of the things that we had done that they haven't yet. So like, like that still even felt kind of awkward. I'm like, well, you're making more than us, but like, you really are not good at this area that we're still really good at. So like, we can still add value to your world. Um, but there's a few that's like, Hey, like you should go find somebody else. Like you've outgrown what I can, where I can take you. Um, which is awesome to be able to say it's, it stinks when you have one of those clients, but, uh, I think that's obviously seems like part of our journey is like, we're, we, we both have been, we're serving people that we, you know, the old version of ourselves in some way, shape or form. hundred percent. Here's a question for you. Mm -hmm. Becoming CEO. Mm -hmm. You know, one of the things about, we're both parents too, by the way, I got three kids, you got two, Two. right. Um, big part of our identity, which I'm sure we'll be getting into, uh, in the episodes that come, but you know, one of the things about being a a parent is, uh, you really only have your parents as examples. (laughs) So hopefully there were good parents and you take the good. And sometimes there's challenges and you leave the rest of it. Right. Um, similar challenge when it comes to playing CEO, Mm -hmm. what have your experiences with other CEOs been like as an employee? What has my experience, like when I was an employee, what was my Mm -hmm. experience like with the CEO? Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, give me me the good, the bad, the ugly. Well, I mean, historically, I think of all of the businesses, I mean, I can really only think of three CEOs that like I was even that close to um, because of the size of the business. You know, and that was like one was a startup that my friend's friends started. So like I was, you know, right in the front lines with him, watching him. It was his third company. Um, I wouldn't say like the perfect example of fatherhood or really, really a lot of things. Like I think, but we were really young too. So uh, you know, watched him get married and have kids while doing all of this stuff. The other one. It was just like OG, but still really small. So like we interacted with him. He was still probably, you know, only wearing that CEO hat, you know, a, f- a small fraction of the time. And then the only other one that was, I can think of, um, we were a part, I was part of this small media company but right before I went to Cabela's. And um, I just like, I liked the way he ran the business. Um, he, I'd say he was a visionary um, and like, I mean, the company was at a certain stage where like there were, you know, 25, 30 employees. So like he had leadership in there as well. And so like, that was really the only example I have where I was in close enough proximity to see someone that had a couple other key leaders with him um, and see how he operated. But like, he was also very, had tons of personal hobbies, like always invited us to cool activities that like he was just interested in that had nothing to do with work. So like, I saw him as a person, but like you go to Cabela's, like, like, Cabela, like uh, for him now blanking on it, the two brothers, like I was there when one of them passed away and the other one, like they were, they're just both old and like they, you wouldn't, you would never be in a room with them. <laughs> so, um, and same with like Tracy Locke, which was the agency where I started. I mean, like the headquarters is actually in another state, part of Omnicom. Like, I don't even know who the CEO was, you know, um, at that time, you know, so like I was never that close to, to kind of see. And back to your point, like with the parents is like, being a parent, the the thing that fascinates me about this podcast, or as we had these conversations, like when I was in a job, like there was always someone in a role above you that you could look to, to be like, Oh, what do I do? Like, where do I, what is, 
what does growth even look like? What does next level even look like? Where it's like, oh, I'm the one at the top. I need to now look, you know, across and outward to other people. And it's not as black and white as like when you're in corporate and there's one or two levels above you and it's clear what you need to do to get there when you're like, oh, wow, like, like your style is different. Their style is like, there's just so many ways to do it. And it's like, now you have to start making decisions and hone in on that vision. I think equally as, as challenging is with the family too. Like my family can, we have like, you know, value statements and stuff like that. And like core values, like, but we have to come up with that. I didn't have that growing up. And we get to decide, and that's scary and empowering all at the same time. So I don't know. I don't know if that's where you wanted me to go with that, but that's yeah, totally. Well, I was just curious because something I'm reflecting on now, um, and I'll tell you a story about that in a second. But I'm I'm curious if you see not just the CEO examples because you have, you've had leaders, you know, division heads, etc., right? That you work with in a leadership capacity. But I'm curious if you see those experiences shaping the way that you are showing up as CEO, good or bad. I mean, I honestly haven't thought about it until you just asked me that question. Um, I would actually say I've shaped it more based on my more recent relationships like I have with you. Like when I hear about what you're doing with your family um, and, you know, obviously now that, you know, I have a four and a half year old son and a 18 month, you know, daughter. So like, the that's only kind of still new to me. So those conversations only became of interest, you know, in the last, you know, five years. <laughs> so, yeah. um, you know, just in time learning. So it's interesting though, because I think just, it's like parenting, right? Like I, we never really, I never really thought about being a parent until I was a parent. And then what I realized is I had all these subconscious beliefs about parenting by virtue of my experience with parents. Yeah. That I never really thought about but they were there, right? Now what I'm realizing is I have all these subconscious beliefs about leadership and being CEO that I hadn't consciously thought about until now. So the the quick story that really brought this to my attention was I was having a conversation with one of our leaders, uh, her name's Carrie. Um, she's our client success leader about one of her employees and she wanted to give this employee a bonus and I was not so keen on it. Um, and, and then she kind of sensed that I wasn't super bought into the idea of giving this bonus. And she asked me why. And I said, well, I don't think we should be giving people bonuses for doing their jobs. That was my assessment of it. She, this person hadn't gone above and beyond. They just did their job. Right. Okay. And she's kind of taken aback by that a little bit. She's like, really? And I realized that was the exact line word for word that a previous CEO once said to me. Interesting. That was that CEO coming out. I didn't even know he was there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know he's in my head, right? But, and there's so many examples of that. So I just think it's interesting because, you know, I, I definitely see uh, both good and bad uh, examples of how I operate as a CEO coming from those previous experiences. And part of the maturation process, process that I'm trying to go through here is um, trying to be a little bit more intentional and deliberate about how I'm showing up and not letting that be. Um, just a function of what I've experienced and therefore I'm parroting forward, but more so decisions that I make based on what's important to me and my values. Yeah. Amen to that. That's, that's super interesting that you caught it in that moment. Um, yeah, I haven't had one of those per se yet. I just feel like I've always, and this is, as you said that, like, I remember most 
multiple multiple uh jobs that i had where my boss and in some cases the owner of the business made comments like like you kind of just do your own thing and but it works <laughs> uh and i don't think that that's helping me right now <laughs> and i've thought about that recently like you know i i have because of the, like i think my deep seated interest in how things look like visually i have like i get hung up on the well this yes it's doing what we said but like it could look better like make it pop you know like that's that annoying <laughs> saying you know like I feel like I do some of those things because I'm kind of anal in some of those areas. Like I have it, I have, I want things to be a certain way and I have certain expectations of a standard, but I also have a difficult time communicating that, um, in a way that I think other people are able to hit it. And I know I need to like graduate from one caring about that so much and two, either I'll probably become better at communicating those things. And so that's, uh, I think some of those tendencies are still are, are probably slowing me down. Um, and again, having conversations with you where you're like, yeah, like, you know, just, I think two weeks ago, you're like, you know, so there's these two fires, there's one fire over here and there's one fire over there. Like you have to be okay with not being able to put out both of them at the same time, which means one of them is going to continue to burn, you know? Um, and like, you just have to get comfortable with that. And I, like, that was like kind of a real talk moment. I'm like, wow, that's, that's true. Like, I'm not sure how I, I still don't know how I feel about it, but, uh, you know, ING becoming, trying to figure it out. Well, might I suggest, and we can wrap it up here. Might yeah. I suggest our, our next episode? Uh, I think it's Marshall Goldsmith wrote the book by the title of what got you here. Won't get you there. Have you mm. read it a lot, a long time ago. Yeah. It's old school, right? Great book. Yeah. Uh, but I think that actually what you just said to me, I think epitomizes the the whole point of this show is that if you're listening and maybe you don't fit this description, right? And that's okay. We're more than welcome mm -hmm. to listen in, but this is really for the person that's kind of gotten their business to a certain stage where they're thinking about team, stepping into the role of the CEO, building something larger than themselves. That's really who it's for, right? And what you're gonna realize, what Greg and I have realized is that what got us here won't get us there. Mm -hmm. Both of us, if I can speak on your behalf, Greg, built our businesses in the early days, those, those formative years, sub seven figures, by just putting the damn thing on our backs and making it happen with, you know, what can only be described for me, at least as brute force. I just made it happen and it yeah, wasn't pretty. Grit. Yeah. It's like birth, right? It's not pretty. It's not elegant. It's ugly. It's messy. It's bloody, right? But that's not what it's going to get us to the next level. <laughs> no. it's, it's the opposite of that is what's going to get us to the next level. So, I, you know, might I suggest that uh, that's our next episode right there? How's that yeah. And, and I think just to kind of further elaborate on who this is for, um, because we, you know, like you said, not only leadership, um, thinking about growing a team, something bigger than themselves, but, um, you know, we're... I think the people at least that will find most value from this are people that are coming from that, you know, B2B service background, your business is offering, you know, some sort of maybe done for you B2B service, or maybe you are like we have done, um, either, or go your goal to be is transitioning into, um, kind of that 
that consultative coaching, training, e-learning model. Like those are, I think, in my opinion, and correct me if I'm wrong, like the people that I think will probably get the most value because when we, whether bring on guests or talk about, you know, specific logistics, it's going to be kind of through those lenses that, that we're looking at this. Um, and real quick, how big, how many people do you have on your team at the moment, full-time contract? Uh, it's, it's 20, give or take a couple, two or three. I don't have the exact number, but it's about 20. Yeah. Got it. And we're nine, um, and we're hiring. So just as a reference. So cool. So next episode. I don't plan on that number growing at all. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) For the foreseeable future. Yeah. So next episode, um, what are we jamming about next episode? Well, let's talk about what got you here won't get you there. Right. There's a there's a shift in your behavior and your mindset that has to take place when you want to make the shift from solo practitioner, solo producer to business owner and CEO. I love it. So if you guys enjoyed this, make sure you come on back for the next one. See you then.